name's Megan. I'm the mother of Jace. Um, he's four years old, and uh, I grew up in a very great family, and I s still have a great family today. Uh, we went to church about every Sunday, but I never really paid attention in church or seemed to get anything out of it. I just, I just went because that's what we did. I had a boyfriend for quite a while throughout all of my high school year and um, he was really my first heartbreak. Um, he just decided all of a sudden that, you know, he didn't want to be with me after four years of being together and, you know, my thought was that we were going to get married and all that. So it was my first heartbreak and then after that I really noticed that I would just go to men. That's really when it started, was after my first heartbreak. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to get attention because I wanted to feel loved. And um, while I was working at a nursing home place, this one of my coworkers, she, she had this, she had a, um, an ex-boyfriend that she had a child with. And she was, <clears throat> she was wanting to kind of like check up on him to see how he's doing, but she couldn't add him on Facebook because he blocked her. So she asked me to add him and she just, like she always talked about him like just all the time and it kind of made me wonder about him. I just was very curious about him. So I ended up adding him on Facebook and he started messaging me and you know, he just seemed like he was really interested in me. So we started seeing each other and my parents right away weren't big fans of him at all, but he wanted all, like all of my attention and all of my devotion to him. And I did that. I gave him, I gave him all, like I gave him all of my time. If he didn't want me to go to work, I would just not go to work for him and just hang out with him. And then I was getting sick in the morning a lot and um, I was throwing up a lot. And he told me that I was pregnant. He told me that he thought that I was pregnant. And I, you know, I was like, what? Like, I kind of always, you know, I've always wanted to have kids. Um, so at first I was like kind of excited thinking, you know, you know, I'm gonna have a baby maybe. And I was really excited about that. But then I started thinking like, whoa, <laughs> I started realizing this the situation I was in. I was with an abusive boyfriend who had so much control over me. I left my whole family and now I might be pregnant. And I remember we got a pregnancy test and I took it and it said pregnant. And I had so much hope in that moment thinking that things were gonna change. I was like, okay, I'm pregnant with his child. Like, you know, he always told me how he wanted, he wanted to have a son. He always told me he wanted to have a son. And I was pregnant with his child, so I, I was excited thinking that things would change between him and I, thinking that he'd treat me better or look at me differently or maybe I'd be more desirable to him because I was carrying his baby. But then I was over flooded with what my, what my family would think. I was like, I was thinking, how my parents would react, what they would think, and I was scared because I knew that, you know, I knew that they would be disappointed. So that just left me feeling very anxious about pregnancy, very 
hopeful about the abuse stopping, but anxious because I knew that it wasn't a good situation. And then he continued being abusive towards me. We just got in like a verbal argument one night and he just left, like he just left me there. And I was sitting waiting for him. I waited hours and um, I was messaging him and he told me he was at a party and then he was talking about how this girl was hitting on him and he was just going on and on about this girl to me. And I just, and he was pretty much telling me all the things that I was not and all the things that she was. And, and you know, I didn't have much confidence to begin with. So hearing that, hearing how much better this girl was than me, it just really hurt me. I felt so inadequate. I just felt horrible. And um, I just really started putting myself down at that, at that moment. Just a lot of things changed for me. A lot of the ways that I looked at myself changed. And at that point, I made up in my mind that I wasn't good enough. And when he came back that night to the house, I was so angry and I was expressing to him how mad I was like that he came back and now just every after everything he said to me just expects me to be okay. And um, we got in a really physical fight, a really big physical fight. Um, a lot of him holding me down and I remember just like wrestling, like, you know, of him holding me down, making sure I couldn't move, and me just trying to move. And I remember this lasted for hours and hours. And then eventually, you know, he just, we just kind of stopped fighting um, and went to bed. And then I woke up and he was gone. And a couple hours later, he came back and he had a bear and he had chocolate for me and flowers. and just told me how great I was and then he told me he was gonna go visit his daughter and he was like, I'm gonna take your car and I, I, was, I was so frustrated. I said, no, like, you're not just gonna keep walking all over me and using me for my car and I told him no and I told him that I was leaving and I, I meant it this time, I meant it that I was leaving and I think he noticed that I meant it. As I was reaching for the doorknob, I just saw his hand come at my face and um, I just felt myself being completely pulled back and down and I remember my head hitting the table on the way down and then I blacked out and I don't, I don't remember really anything from there but I remember waking up and I didn't know how long the time had been in between but I remember waking up from that and I was bleeding and he had a washcloth on on my me because I was bleeding out of my nose and my head was just pounding and I was really confused and um, I was crying, he was crying. Um, he was telling me that uh, he doesn't deserve me, that I deserve better and that I should just leave. And I remember comforting him and telling him, no, that's not true, that I love him, and I was just comforting him, but I asked him to please give me my phone so I could call my dad. He 
he called my dad, my ex-boyfriend called my dad for me, which to this day is very surprising because he's, you know, he, he did not like my parents, but he called my dad and I remember my dad, I was just crying and I was just sobbing on the phone. And my dad said, do you need me to come pick you up? And that was all that he said. And he just knew. And I was just crying and I said, yeah. And my parents took me to the hospital. And um, I remember my mom and I were, were there and you know she was looking over my body and looking. And I just remember I, there was just so many bruises and it was like I was seeing them all for the first time. I was seeing all, you know, all the blood on me and all the bruises and starting to really feel the pain. And I just was looking at my parents and seeing the hurt on their faces, seeing just all of the emotions that were there. Just, it just was a horrible time, really. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a good time in my life. And the nurses came back and told me that they had to talk to me. And I said, okay. And they told my parents to leave. And then there, the nurse told me, you're pregnant. I, I don't remember. I think it was just my mom came back into the room. And I told her I was pregnant. And she said, I thought so. And um, she started crying. And um, at that moment, I, I first realized that I had a child living in me and I was scared I was so scared but it gave me knowing that I was pregnant gave me the strength to also know that I couldn't keep living how I was that I couldn't bring a child into that once I gave birth and they placed him on me I completely fell in love with him it's, it just all came naturally almost to be a mom. And I was so in love with that little boy. And I just remember thinking like, that that would make me whole. You know, I remember thinking that this is, you know, he's gonna fill all the holes and all the brokenness inside of me. And that was a lot, you know, to place on a child because I know now that nothing can fill those holes or fix those broken pieces but God. But I still didn't turn to God yet. I still, you know, was thinking that being a mom and having a baby was going to fix me and make me happy and make me whole. I met a guy in, um, when Jace was like a year, or actually Jace was like three months old when we met. and. Um, you know, he had his own house and he had a good job and he wanted to get married, you know, like he was ready to settle down. And I thought that it would be good for Jace and I, that we'd be, I'd ha we'd have a family. And um, so I, I ended up getting married to him pretty shortly after we met. And um, I just knew something was off. And, um, you know, that marriage just didn't end up working because it, it wasn't right. It, we weren't supposed, we weren't meant for each other. We weren't meant to be together. And he was, um, he was drinking a lot and I was completely against drinking. I hadn't drank much really my whole life. 
pretty soon after that relationship, I got in another relationship with um, a guy, and um, he was older than me a little bit, and um, you know, we got together, and he he liked to you know go boating and go drinking and go to the bars, and that wasn't really my scene. You know, I wasn't really a, I wasn't a drinker at all at that time. You know, it just never was anything I was interested in. But soon after starting drinking um, with him like that, while I was drinking, I was, I felt like I could be so outgoing and so free and goofy and I felt more like I didn't, you know, I wasn't as self-conscious, so I felt more pretty and I was just realizing like, you know, thinking like, oh, okay, like, I really like drinking. I really like the feeling of not feeling anything. And I just quickly really started liking that. So I would look forward to the weekends when we could go drinking. And, you know, I started revolving my life around the drinking and everywhere we went, just like excited to drink. Like that was what I would look forward to. But then I just, it's so weird because it just started out like as this idea in my head of like, oh, well, I could really just start kind of drinking after work, you know, all, every night. And I could have this freeing feeling, you know, then too. It just, it honestly just took off after that, really. After I made that exception to do it during the week too, I started doing it every night. And, um... I started drinking wine, like a whole bottle of wine at night, just to wind down, I would say. And, um, you know, then I started getting sick in the morning, every morning, not feeling good. So I, I Googled how to, um, like how, how to cure a hangover or whatever. And, um, like it had all these little things and like the very last option was we don't recommend this but drink more and it will um it'll cure your hangover and i'm like oh that's weird i wonder why they don't recommend that like what's the point of that like but i did so i stopped and i got some more and yeah it took my hangover away right away so i'm like oh okay so then i just was like okay so i just have to drink a little bit you know then but then I would start feeling sick during the day and I'm like okay well I gotta fix this and I would drink like a little bit more it wasn't a lot more it was just a little bit just to take the edge off at first um but you know doing it like that I had to make the exception of taking a little drink while I was working my mom found all of my bottles under my bed and took a picture and sent it to me and once I got that picture, like my whole heart dropped. Like I f was, I freaked out. And um, like they knew, like I still didn't admit to it, but I knew that what I was doing was wrong, but I didn't feel like I had to change it yet. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to give it up. And um, you know, I, I went to a one-week treatment program, you know, for them, just to kind of please my family and make, you know, get them off my 
you know, off my case really. So I just continued drinking every day, all day long, um, hiding it from my parents, um, you know, and eventually I, you know, you know, they would tell me not, you know, obviously to stop drinking and stuff. And eventually when it got so bad, they'd tell me, you know, like, don't come home if you're drinking, just don't even come home. I'm Muriel Drink. Um with Doug, my husband, and Megan. She started using alcohol to kind of numb herself from some of her past relationships. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed into an, an addiction problem. Um, both her and Jace have always lived with us. We couldn't say, you can come home and drink. But it's difficult to tell your child not to come home. Very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, Even though you're mad, you're upset, you're frustrated. She was still our daughter. Yeah. I mean, and you, you know, you like to think you do anything you can for your kids, which you can up to a point, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. When they make bad decisions later on in life like that, I guess you know it's kind of got to be a, a tough love situation where you say, you know what, we're not going to allow that, you know. Our goal was to protect Jace. Yes. Yeah. At that point, we made the decision that we needed to be an advocate for Jace. Yeah. yeah. We could do everything we could to help Megan within reason, but we had to help and be there for Jace. It finally came to the point where she had disappeared for a while. Um, CPS was involved. We were going, they were taking us to court to um, formally take Jace away from Megan. Yeah. And we found out she was in the hospital. And I remember the CPS lady saying, you don't want to go. We did end up going the next day. We did end up going up. Um, that's when we found out she needed to go somewhere. She recognized now I need to go somewhere. Um, we were told she could not come to our house. Um, CPS, foster care would not allow her to come to our house at all. Yeah. I remember at school getting a call from Sam, just saying, I found some place for her to stay. Yeah, that was an answer to our prayers that we didn't the church, to drop her off the church did, did a lot and helped us mm -hmm. through a lot, you know. Tina and Josh took her in for yeah. um, that weekend. Yes. And she worked it the whole time they talked her through yeah. Teen Challenge. Um, she was excited to go. She made the call. She made the call, got everything set up, yeah. went to court um, to get the judge to approve it. He approved it. Yeah. We're on our way to Teen Challenge, thinking our prayers are answered. Yeah. She's going to get help. Yes. Driving there, and she's like, I have something I have to tell you. I'm like, what? 
pregnant. Arriving at Teen Challenge, you know, I went in there so lost and so broken, so confused, so hurt, and I was about 12 weeks pregnant at that point. And um, it just, I just remember that feeling of complete, like, feeling like it was almost unattainable, feeling that my mess was just so bad that, you know, maybe it'll get better, but I just never felt like I could be free from everything. I just didn't, I didn't see how that could happen. The pastors there and the, you know, the, the teachers, like everybody there just told me that, you know, he will guide you, you know, he'll talk to you, just listen to him, just seek him in everything that you do and he'll be there. And I remember just being like, you know, maybe he's there for you guys, but I don't know if he'll be there for me. Like, I don't, I just don't know what that's like. It was just completely new to me. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't, you know, it's not that I didn't believe it, but I just, it was never anything that I thought that I could have. But I remember being very open to it, very open about it and wanting it. So at the altar, I remember just crying just completely crying because I, I knew that I had, you know, I had at that point I had my two options for my baby was to raise it or um, bless it to another family. And I remember just having this tug about the adoption, just having just this pull towards it and this, you know, just a lot of curiosity about it. and just feeling like that was what I should do, but I didn't know if that was the Lord. I was like, I don't know if you're speaking to me. And I don't know. I just don't know what, what to do in this, but I feel like adoption is what I should do. And But I don't know how to tell if that's what you want me to do. And I was just, you know, I would just had this raw prayer to him. You know, it was my first time really being real and just, trying to communicate and trying to get an answer and I was just you know I didn't know what I was doing and I just I just prayed and I just was honest and open and you know I asked him if adoption was what he wanted me to do and right after I asked that question a pastor put his put his hand on my head and prayed and said just let my sister know that the decision that she's making is hard, but she's in your will. And at that moment, I was almost like awestruck. I was like, whoa, like he's really speaking to me. Like I, I knew that that was like from the Lord, like that was words from the Lord, just telling me, just do it. You know, that he's got me, that that's what he wants me to do and to do it. And I did. I went with it. I knew that that was what he wanted me to do. It really taught me to really communicate with God and to really get my, to use him as my source for everything, for comfort. When I would feel anxious, like it just taught me to pray. It taught me to seek him. And it just taught me to listen to him and not, for the first time in my life, I was turning to him instead of turning to others for answers. I was turning to him for everything. And I was getting from him peace and comfort. Like he was providing me with the strength that I needed. He was 
he was sustaining me. And it's just so beautiful. It's just something that I never had before. Something I never thought that I could have. And I was getting everything that I was missing my whole life. I was feeling peace. And I was feeling comfort. And I was feeling love. It just, it was amazing. It's just changed me a lot. And you know, that happened literally just a couple months ago. You know, so it's taken time to get to that. You know, it's taken a lot of time, but you know, he can just break those chains. You know, it might take a little bit of time, but once they're broken, I just feel, I know it's broken and I know that I don't have to do that anymore. And I know that I'm new, I'm a new person. I'm nothing like I used to be. And I have hope today. I have hope for my future. And I'm excited for what the Lord has for me. And I can do, I can do whatever he wants me to do because I know if he's in it, he's going to give me the tools and the strength to do it. And, you know, going through giving birth, you know, because, you know, I gave birth in December and going through that, it just, it showed me how faithful the Lord is. It was hard. It was the hardest moment of my life to give birth and to hold her and then you know, give her to Tyler and Lauren and go back to Teen Challenge and, you know, I just, I knew that it would be hard and I knew that I would have my moments. I knew that I would have to cry, you know, that I'd cry sometimes and that I'd be okay sometimes and some days it's going to hurt really bad and some days it's not going to. I just knew, but I just knew that God was going to get me through it. I just knew that I'd be okay. I knew that in the end that I would have the victory and that just brought me through it. The Lord brought me through it and you know, he continues to be faithful to me in all things. In my daughter and I's relationship, he's faithful and you know, in my family relationship, he's faithful and I know in my future he's going to be faithful in everything. and. It's just a complete change from how I felt before and how I would compromise to please others. I'd compromise myself and my values and my worth because I thought that doing that I would get, you know, fullness. But I know now that He is my fullness. He is my source. He's my strength. And I know that He loves me. I know that there's people out there who are struggling and hurting and have maybe gone through some of the things that I've gone through and it all seems so overwhelming and it seems like this huge mountain that you just don't even know where to begin to fix it and you just don't even, you know, you have that pride issue where you don't want to admit to some things that you've done. You don't want to admit that it's gotten that bad, but you know, the Lord will help you. He's got you. He's with you right now. I mean, you're listening to this right now. That's God. He's putting that message in your heart right now. There's a reason you're listening to this right now.
And the reason is because the Lord wants to tell you that he loves you. He wants to tell you that he's there for you. He wants to tell you that he's fighting those battles for you. He's doing it for you. You just have to give it to him. That's all you have to do. You just surrender it to him and you choose him. That's all you have to do is choose him, to choose that you want to follow him and you want to be faithful to him more than you want to follow the world or more than you want to listen to anything else. You choose him and he will give you that peace and he will give you that comfort and he'll work it all out. He has a future for you. He's got big things planned for you. You can have all that and it all you have to do is surrender. Just surrender to him. He's calling out to you right now. Just surrender to him. Just make him the Lord of your life and you'll never regret it. You will never regret it. I promise you that. Just just turn to the Lord because he's calling you today.